You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast, sponsored by Natural Stacks. This is the show everybody who's into performance and biohacking should listen to. If you want to know more about performing optimally, check out OptimalPerformance.com. You were looking for a way to change your life. You got it. I kind of think in some ways, selfishly, that it should remain a secret because it is such an advantage that I kind of want to keep to myself. Natural Stacks. Natural, Natural Stacks. Stacks. Shout out to the guys over at Natural Stacks. All right. Happy Thursday, all you Optimal Performers, and welcome to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Muncie, and I've got my guest and co-host with me today. Uh, we are hanging out with Sean McCormick, or Shawnee Mac. Uh, the owner of Float Seattle, Float Bellevue, author of the Float ebook, and you can find that at howtostartafloatcenter.com. So, Sean, thanks for hanging out with us. How are you doing today, man? Awesome. Awesome. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm uh, I'm a big fan of all things natural stacks and um, uh, also by the t-shirt, all, th- all things floating. So, no, I'm, I'm stoked, stoked to have a conversation. Yeah, I, I am too. I, I cannot wait to get more into floating. Um, so, you know, real quick, we'll summarize what we're going to talk about for our listeners. Obviously, um, if, if they haven't picked up on it by now, floating will be, um, you know, the, the main topic of what we talk about today. But we're also going to talk about hacking your physical performance, um, entering the theta state, and a whole lot more cool stuff. So, uh, before we really dive into it, a couple pieces of housekeeping. Uh, one, just like any other episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast, you can find the show notes on the blog, optimalperformance.com. You can see the video version of this and get all kinds of cool links and information there. Um, and as always, a five-star review on iTunes can get you free Natural Stacks goodies. So hint, hint, go to iTunes, leave us a good review, and we will be selecting a lucky winner to get some really cool free stuff. Um, so we're going to go right into our fact of the day. Um, so this is really cool. Relaxed muscles heal and recover faster than tight, tired, and knotted up muscles. Um, and taking that even a step further, anti-gravity conditions ease joint pain and help muscles relax. So a lot of elite athletes all over the world are stacking these benefits um, by using float tanks, and, and that allows them to combine multiple recovery methods at the same time. Uh, it's, it's nothing new that an Epsom salt bath can ease aching muscles and help recover, um, and that's basically what you're getting in a super high dose when you float. Um, but you also get um, stress relief. You can, if you're actively thinking, you can go through the process of visualization um, and even meditate. So in a float tank or sensory deprivation deprivation tank, you can stack many, many of these things together and really hack your physical performance. Um, so that's something that, that's really cool. And, uh, you know, Sean, one of the things that, that we mentioned in the summary that we want to talk about is using float tanks to hack physical performance, which is not one of the things that's often talked about with floating. Um, so let's jump right in uh, on that one and, and talk about how we can use these tanks for physical performance as opposed to some of the stuff that we commonly hear. Yeah, I think, I think the, 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 the biggest benefit for, for hacking your physical performance and floating is for recovery. I mean, there's the, there's a preventative aspect, which is, you know, uh, infusing your body with magnesium, um, lubricating the synovial fluid in your joints, 
Um, we're all we're all low in magnesium. Every single one of us. Uh, we don't eat stuff off the dirt anymore, and we're not getting those minerals and electrolytes. And so when you when you float, you're you're soaking them in through your dermis, which makes them more bioavailable. Um, the the second best method for mag- magnesium is is what honestly what I found is that Magtech. Magtech is an awesome, incredible product, and I've tried a lot of different magnesiums. I can actually tell when I'm low. I feel a little bit sluggish. Feel a little bit soft. I feel a little bit sort of mentally, uh, mentally slow. Um, so there's a lot of preventative benefits and overall mind, body, spiritual, emotional, psychological health benefits to floating. But as far as hacking physical recovery, it's about reco- uh, uh, hacking physical performance. It's about recovery. So we have um, mixed martial artists, uh, both professional and amateur, that float with us on a really regular basis. We have um, a number of uh, Seahawks. Uh, who float on a really regular basis? Um, they're going to be starting to come a little bit more uh, more regularly now with uh, with mini camp coming up. Awesome. Um, we have triathletes, cyclists. Um, we've got swimmers. I mean, like the the benefits of just as you touched on that anti gravity response, um, that that feeling of I don't have to tense a single muscle in my entire body. That's the only that the the only the only way for you to like really grab your mind around that is to actually try it out is to float in a float tank yeah you know it, it's funny every time i've floated i've gotten the reminder from you know whoever was inter you know helping me go into the room to say you know remember make sure you let your head lay back because we're, we're so used to tensing our neck and trying to keep our head out of water and yeah yeah if, if you can't see the video sean's showing how we always text and lean forward whether it's you know even if even if you're writing you know you're you're hunched over or whatever so um, it, it's a very unique feeling to actually let your head fall back. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, absolutely. I mean, um, everybody's posture is messed up just from sitting. I mean, we all sit too much. Even the people that are really good at not sitting still sit a lot. Yeah, like and me. I'm a gym I'm owner, but I still sit way too much. Yeah. Yeah. We were both. Are you Are you standing now? Or are you sitting? I'm actually sitting. Are you? Oh yeah, me too. Okay. So. Um, that, that does a, that does a lot of bad for your back, for your hips. And when you are completely laid back in a supine position with your head kind of tilted upward and your chest and shoulders back and down, you know, like the athletic position, um, in any lifting position, you know, like that sort of, um, that, that exaggerated puffing up of your chest, that sort of happens naturally for you in a float tank. And what that does is, um, decreases compression on your spine so it elongates your spine giving you traction um and that when when everything is relaxed when all of your body and every single muscle in your body is totally relaxed and you get to a point where you're like okay now it's relaxed and then you go back your head goes back a little bit further and it's like oh no that's as far as i can go (laughs) yeah until eventually you get to a point where okay yeah i really am i really don't have any tense muscles that is a profound thing for your body and your body goes into recovery mode uh, on its own. And um, just as you touched on before, there's lots of different modalities and and techniques that I go over with with some of the athletes and people dealing with chronic pain, fibromyalgia, um, who are, or or post-operative recovery, is um, you can uh, you can touch on some of those visualization exercises. You can start at your toes and work your way down your foot and up your calf and over your hips all the way up to the top of your head and then back down again. 
you know, you can, um, you can visualize what, what I, what I've done, which is one of my favorite, which is kind of, kind of silly is whatever injury that you have, you can, I like to picture a million billion little, um, construction workers and stick with me. Yeah, yeah. So a million little construction workers that are located all over your body that, um, do the work to help you recover. Um, call on them to go to that left ACL and start repairing that tendon. You can actually visualize those little tiny worker cells, you know, in their construction outfits, attacking that little area, applying spackle to it, you know, massaging it, cleaning it up, um, tightening that tendon, um, and, and actively visually um, focusing on that. Like the, the power of our brain to heal ourselves is 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 totally underutilized by people and there's there's a million little tricks that you can do to to um expedite that recovery so, so what you're describing sounds like a state in which our mind is very very active as opposed to you know you hear a lot of people talking about going into a float tank and i think sometimes people think that they're supposed to just think about nothing or or sleep or or you know something different from what you just said so you know, talk a little bit about where you want to be with your mental state yeah, everybody's different. I mean, if you're floating for for decreased stress, you probably don't want to mess around with too much visualization stuff. Um, you probably just want to go in there and focus on your breath. That that centering uh, of your breath as your brain starts to wander and think about um, stuff that is pretty not useful. Um, going back to your breath is is a nice way to get. Um, deeper and deeper into that relaxation response in which recovery is expedited. So if you're, if you're, if you're floating for stress, you probably don't want to be doing this sort of active floating. Um, if you're floating for pain, sometimes you just need, most people just need some time to themselves. They need to be off of the computer. <laughs> they need to be away from their partner and away from their kids and away from their coworkers. Cell phones, social media. To just like stop everything turn your phone off. Don't just silent it, silence it or put in airplane mode. Turn that mofo off cuz that is liberating what to do that. Well, and not only the the liberating effect, but but talk about being able to get away from the the Wi-Fi and all those beams and radiation. Yeah, I mean, um hopefully people are smart enough not to be sleeping with their phones underneath their pillow at night. Hopefully you're at least <laughs> Somebody in there yeah, yeah, Sean, our production guy just looked at me like, oh, no. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, at the very minimum, turn it to airplane mode. Um, but it's still emitting an electromagnetic frequency. It's still a, you know, a freaking supercomputer right. that's right underneath your head <laughs> as you sleep. And so when you actually turn that off and you step into a float tank, there are no electromagnetic frequencies. So for a minute, I mean, you could do the same by leaving your phone in the car and going for a hike mm -hmm. to get away from those. Mm -hmm. But in a flow tank, um, it's sort of like I'm scheduling this hour to get away from stuff, right. including um, Wi-Fi and EMFs and, you know, other sorts of environmental parameters. Yeah. You know, uh, last it was, I guess, yeah, last weekend I was at a, uh, a strength conference in Columbia, South Carolina, at the University of South Carolina, and um, got to listen to a former Navy SEAL speak who runs a facility in Virginia Beach. They are using floating um, to help seals recover from concussions. Um, I think that'd be a really cool podcast for us to do. That's a whole discussion we can have um, yeah. for for another time. But he was actually speaking about sleeping, 
turning your phone, not only turning it off, but making sure that it, it is at least five to seven feet away from you. Um, so it's interesting to hear both of you guys say something to that effect. So uh, there must be something to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the rabbit hole is deep, my man. We could take this thing a million different ways. We could, we could talk just about consciousness in a float tank. We could talk just about getting away from get, getting away from the world. Yeah. We can. Well, before we go too, too deep, I want to take kind of a, take a two steps back um, and, and hit two kind of higher level questions. Number one on your website for, for float Seattle, you guys talk about having um, float tanks, isolation tanks and sensory deprivation tanks. I've always used those terms interchangeably. Is that a mistake on my part? Are they different or are they interchangeable? It's all the same. Okay. It's all the same. Okay. Um, you know, there's, in addition to those terms, there's also what's called rest, which is the um, uh, academically appropriate term, which is restricted environmental stimulation, stimuli therapy. Okay. Um, even I get it wrong, um, which is, um, exactly what that what it what it suggests. There's also a thing called dry rest, which is you're basically getting into a box with pillows that's dark and quiet with earplugs and a and a blindfold to get that same sort of response. That's you know just sort of isolated, just restricted from from, from environmental stimuli. All those terms are interchangeable, and we just use them so that if anybody thought it was something else, is a float tank the same as an isolation tank? Yes. Different than a hyperbaric chamber, right? Um, which a lot of people sort of get mixed up too. So just give us like, give us the 101. So just in case somebody listening doesn't know what floating is, um, you know, tell us what, 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 what is a float tank? What is all that? A float tank is a, an enclosed uh, tank or pod of 10 inches of saturated, nearly saturated salt water. So there's a thousand pounds of Epsom salt in 10 inches of water. Uh, the water is heated to 93.5 degrees, which is the external temperature of your skin. So the environment in the water and in the, in the air inside the tank is specifically designed to make it feel like you're, there's nothingness. Make, it, make an environment in which you don't know where your skin ends and the water begins and the atmosphere ends. And so you're totally buoyant on your back. The water comes underneath your chin and over your ears. So your face is exposed in a supine position. And the front of your body, you know, your chest and your stomach and your pelvis and tops of your legs are all out of the water. So whether you're uh, a defensive lineman for the site Seahawks or a um, 110-pound lady, you're going to float the same in this highly saturated uh, Epsom salt solution. And you float for however long you want. Typical denominations, we float for an hour or two and a half or longer if, if, uh, if you're really going deep. And What's the longest we, somebody has floated at your place? What's the longest? Yeah. I've got the record in Seattle, um, uh, nine and a half hours. Holy crap. Yeah, so I, I floated. Um, I started my float at midnight. Um, uh, I took a big, long nap that day because I, I wasn't going in there to sleep. That wasn't my purpose. I've done that as well, but my purpose was to really try to take it as far as I could go. Yeah. And um, it was awesome. Were, were you awake the whole time? Uh, I was I was sort of – it's tough to tell, right. honestly. I mean, right. um, I, we closed down the shop. This is when we first opened. Um, we locked the doors, and I told everybody that had a key, like, don't come bug me. Um, if I'm in there for a day and a half <laughs> – 
come in, check on me. But, right. uh, you know, if, if I've turned into a butterfly and flown away. Um, but uh, the nine and a half hours was, you know, the first couple hours were, were totally, totally lucid going into my brain and, and, and resolving issues that I'd had and thoughts that I'd had and creative ideas. And then the next couple hours were sort of in and out of meditation and um, visuals. I don't like the word hallucination because it has this sort of like you're seeing stuff that's not there right. connotation. Right. So I tend to use the word, um, you know, um, non-normal states of consciousness. So I so had some visuals. By the end of nine and a half hours when I got out, I was pretty wrecked. I mean, I was, I was pretty, I was just, I didn't, it was, I was so, uh, so taken back by the outside world and lights and sounds mm -hmm. and what I had to do that day. It took me like a day and a half to, to, to recover and I should have built up to it. Right. I had done an hour, two and a half, three and a half, well, three and a half was the longest. And then I jumped to nine and a half and, uh, I mean, I, I had some pretty profound experiences within, within that time though. I mean, yeah, it was wild. That's cool. That is really yeah. cool. So how did you get into floating? What made you want to open not only float Seattle, but float Bell Bellevue. So you now have two places. Yeah. Um, I have always been interested in meditation. I've meditated since I was about 11 years old and, um, I was, I was urged by my parents to explore it a little bit because I was a pretty busy kid. Um, I had a lot of energy and sports was an excellent outlet for that. Um, you know, I'm a, a life, lifelong athlete. Um, that burnt off some of the energy, but uh, not all of it. And so meditation was a way for me to sort of harness my, harness my thoughts and harness my brain and be more aware of, of myself and it really did sort of round off the edges a little bit. It did kind of smooth me out a little bit. And so I've always been interested in, um, in meditation and in my research into mindfulness, which is a, you know, a, a version of meditation, um, I came across this correlation between mindfulness and floating in which you, your goal is to try to, you know, sort of um, get rid of your body, sort of step outside your body for a minute. And that was really really compelling to me. Uh, and so I floated at a guy's house in Bellevue, um, which is basically just across the lake from Seattle. It's another large, large, um, large city. And he had one in his basement. I found him on Craigslist and I was like, you know, I want to try this bad enough that I'm willing to go to this dude's house <laughs> and shower in his like kids shower in the basement. He's going to see me naked. I swear it goes. And, um, my, my experience was transcendent. I mean, um, I, I went on my lunch break, uh, one day and got back in my car and was like, what am I doing? <laughs> it's like straight out of the movie office space. Totally. Absolutely. Like that. Yeah. Honestly, like <laughs> I've got to button this tie up and get back into my car and go sell advertising now. And it could not have been further from, from what I felt inside. So after that, I kept waiting for a float center to open. Um, the last float center that had been open, uh, a proper commercial float center in Seattle was like 1998. This was at around, uh, this was like um, 2007. And so it had been a while. And so I thought, well, somebody will open one. It's too cool not to. And I kept waiting and waiting and waiting. And, and was the, in the meantime, I was thinking, I'll just maybe do one myself. So I kept saving and saving. And then just looked around at some other centers 
around the world, really. Traveled up and down the West Coast, um, went to Europe and floated a couple places in Europe and was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. And I think that I can do it in a, in a uh, I think I could do it better than the places that I've seen. And uh, so two and a half years later, two float centers and an ebook. Um, I'm in it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm way in it. That's awesome. So, I mean, I, I have not been to your facility. Tell me and, and our listeners, what makes your facility different? Well, the, it's the people really. I mean, um, the, the float, the, it's the, the level of excellence of the float is kind of a given. Mm -hmm. It's gotta be quiet. It's gotta be dark. The temperature has gotta be just right. Um, it's gotta be clean. Um, the tanks have to be world-class. That's all a given, you know, the, what makes us a little bit different from the other centers that I've been to is that the people that we have working are so emotionally intelligent, so with it and so great at holding space for people. You know, if you come out of a float and you're like kind of tripping a little bit and you got a bunch of dopamine and you feel really nice and somebody's like, well, Hey, how's that going, man? <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> like, that'd be a mess. Like, right. so, you know, it's our walkthrough and the way that we address people after their float is like really specific. So, so that we can, um, we can really help people in the way that they want to be helped. And we've created a float center and we is, uh, my wife and I, and my, my business partner, um, who's a friend of mine, um, we wanted to create a place that we would want to float at that it would be easy to do, no, no stress, not awkward, just totally, just all about you, stripped down, basic, you know, like that's, so that's, that's really what, it's, it's the easiest, easiest path to a hugely powerful practice. You know, I, I will agree with you on, on the statement you made about it. It's always about the people and the environment that you create. And, um, I'll actually give you some, some customer feedback. I called your Float Seattle location to try to track you down. Uh, yeah. And uh, Alex answered the phone and uh, I wanted to go floating. Like it, it, it was it, it was exactly like you said, the, the emotional intelligence and, and awareness is, uh, it, it came through on a phone call. So um, I, awesome. I, I can only imagine what it's like to walk into that facility. So um, we. We, we pay, we pay a lot of, and I don't mean, no, go we, ahead. Pay, we pay so much attention to it, to the phone call, the, the online experience. Like we're just real people. Like, this is not like, um, this is not a chain. This is not, you know, um, a corporate entity. We're just real people trying to be, trying to be helpful and trying to, trying to just be authentic in everything that we do. And that, and, and that translate and, and, the, and the people that we have, uh, and the space that we provide, um, it's at the forefront of everything that we do. Yeah, and and I'll have to to add that the Natural Stacks guys, Ben and Roy, are are very much that way too. And that's what drew me to them when I met them last year. Um, and I know that that they've come to your place, and you guys have done some things with them. How did you get connected with the Natural Stacks crew? Uh, my 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 friend and partner uh, in Float Seattle and Float Bellevue, uh, and the ebook as well, um, has always been interested in in. Um, in vitamins and nootropics and was, um, doing his research into doing his own, uh, building his own stacks and came across the company actually before I did. And we shortly thereafter, uh, we, we opened, like I'd been taking, um, paracetam, alpha brain, 
um, choline, uh, among a million other nootropics mm -hmm. uh, for a while and um, just sort of stumbled on it and read the story of Abelard Lindsay and then um, reached out to, to Roy and then, you know, got in touch with, with those two guys. And it just so happened that Roy was moving out here to the Northwest. Um, he lives about, about half an hour away from the float center and uh, yeah, it just sort of worked like they're, they're, you're right. The way that they approach um, eutropics, the way they approach their business is like, we're going to be totally upfront. We're going to be totally transparent. We're going to give you all the information up front and there's no shenanigans. It's just, it is, it's just an awesome, it's an awesome company. Yeah. So, so talk a little bit about using nootropics and, and incorporating them with your floats. Yeah. So, um, yeah, everybody's me personally, I can tell you what I do. I mean, I know what some other folks do. Like, um, I'll, I'll tell you one little story. So we've got a guy who's a day trader and he wakes up, uh, at, like four o'clock in the morning to uh, uh, when the international markets open and he trades from three or four in the morning until noon and then he's done for the day. And what he was doing, this guy named Eric, is he was floating right after the, the close of the markets to like wash it away, mm -hmm. you know, but also to uh, critique the trades he made during that day. And so he would go in and float unaided by, by nootropics um, he had never really messed around with nootropics until we got a hold of him, and he was using it first as a tool to enhance his career and his trading. And it, he saw results immediately. Like as soon as he started floating, he saw results, and so he kept on it. And now he was floating every single day, and he would that was you know he would cap his day, sort of make a distinction between I worked and then now I'm just going to be a person, right, right, you know, as best I can for the rest of the day, and. As we got to talking with him more and more readily, he was like, you know, tell me about tell me about some of these nootropics that you have. And so we got into um, mainly um, Siltep, um, magnesium, so that he could have it at night to get to sleep mm -hmm. uh, before he needed to wake up and trade again. And then he he also uh, took some of the some of the Onnit products, and. Um, so he started tinkering around and then got to a point where he was floating. Now, before the markets opened, we let, we gave him keys to the shop and said, Hey man, if you want to go do your thing, like we're, we're just going to give you keys. We're not, we're not, we don't really want to staff anybody at 2am, right. but if you want to come in and float. Um, so he was coming in and floating on Siltep. So he'd wake up, pop Siltep, float for an hour and then jump right into the trading. And he said that his brain was working way faster than it was before. And he could actually like plot out his day in the tank before it even opened and go through um, uh, different decision strategies and, and um, buying and selling strategies before the markets opened. And it gave him such a huge benefit. Um, I personally um, go, I, I personally float with Siltep probably twice a week. And that's when I just, I need problem solving. Um, when you're um, isolated from the outside world and highly focused yeah. and switched on mentally, you're able to achieve a ton in one hour. And so that's that's how I use it more the most is uh, a silt up and a float. Um, but I've, I've been tinkering around with the, the new um, uh, dopamine, the brain food, and that's been really nice too. So I do that in the afternoon. How is that different from using silt up? I haven't gotten to float with dopamine yet. It's it's um 
you know, it's funny. It like it. My my buddy and I were talking about it. It doesn't. It doesn't for me. It doesn't like. Um, it doesn't enhance my well being. What it does is it sort of allows me to mentally feel at ease and at peace with where I'm at. If that makes sense. It doesn't like, it's not a happy pill. It's more of like a, a contentment pill. If that makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense. So if I'm, if I'm highly stressed or if I'm feeling down about something that I'm working on or, you know, like um, I've got a bunch of projects right now. And if I just sort of feel overwhelmed by it, um, I'll, I won't take, I won't take Siltap that day and I'll just go float in like the afternoon or in the evening time with the dopamine. And it just sort of puts things into perspective. Like you're making good decisions. You're on the right path, you know, feel good, be, have gratitude for where you are and what you're doing and, you know, things will work out. So that's, that's how I've been using it recently. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Um, so as far as floating goes, do you have favorite times to float or, or favorite uses for floating? It, it changes as I change, you know, when we, when we first opened, um, I wasn't a father yet. I've got a, I've got a two year old now. Congratulations. Uh, I'm not sure. The, thanks. Uh, I'm not sure if you, if you, he may have picked it up on the microphone when he ran by earlier. No, no. <laughs> um, so I was in a different, I was in a different mind frame years ago, two years ago when we first opened and so I use it at different times. I, I, I always use it for, for physical recovery. I played, um, I played men's league soccer last night, and I've got a stiff left knee. And so I'll go in and float after this. Actually, I'm going from here over to the studio to float, and um, I use it for the physical recovery. Um, but my traditionally, my most favorite time to float is um, uh, about 8.30 in the morning after a workout. So I'll wake up. I'll have... You know, I'll have my, my fatty coffee, um, have my uh, constitutional, and then I'll go work out like a crazy man and really push it. And then as soon as I'm done with my workout, I'll just go in and, and float. And after the float, I usually take a cold shower. Um, I do a lot of hydrotherapeutic stuff. I mean, I do ice baths and cold showers and hot, cold right. um, showers and stuff like that. So. Um, my favorite time traditionally is like in the mid, in the, in the morning ish, right after a workout. But I, I, a lot, I know a lot of people, a lot of our members float, um, in the evening time as a sleep aid, just cause they can't turn their brains off. They can't relax. Right. Right. Um, well, you mentioned earlier meditating. I think a lot of our listeners are, are aware of the benefits. Um, but I think one of the, the highest, hurdles for people to get into that is, is maybe being able to, to calm their mind and, um, to, to kind of get into that state. So do you have any tips for beginners or, or an easy intro into mindfulness or meditation? Yeah, for sure. I do. And I have, you know, I have for the people who have floated two or three times without instruction, cause we, we tend, we tend not to program people before we get them in a float tank. Right. We don't tell them what to expect. We don't tell them what to do or what not to do. We just tell them to be. Go in and just be. That's enough. Um, after four, five, six, eight, ten floats, people are like, "Okay, like I've, um, I'm totally blissed out. I love it. I, I want a little bit more information. I want, I want to know how to enhance this." We give them some instructions, um, intention setting, um, and one of the one of the meditative 
practices uh, that, that we suggest for them is what's called a cleansing breath, which, in, uh, which uses both a visualization and a breath. And it's, um, it's, it's useful both in the float tank and in a seated meditation posture, which is every in-breath, you say in, breathe in through your nose. And without every out-breath, you say release in your head. And again, every in-breath, you say in. Every out-breath, you say release. And then there's this added visualization to it, which is with every in-breath, you're going to picture your lungs and your body being filled in with bright white light. So it's hard in a pitch black float tank, but it makes it even more effective. When you picture your body being filled up with life-giving, rejuvenating, um, divine, inspiring light into your body, you feel just sort of like puffed up and charged. And you say in, and then release. You blow out the breath that no longer serves you, the, the, the toxins, the grime. You picture uh, as the opposite to the in-breath, which is bright white light, you picture like a smokestack, gritty, toxic, dark, gross, gnarlies that you're just breathing out. And that sort of like clears out your, your astral body sort of um, lightened you a little bit. So now you're filling your body with white light and you're blowing out all the nasty stuff. Like that's a really basic two-part meditation technique. You know, there's vipassanas that you can do, you're sort of washing over yourself with, um, with, with energy. You do chakra activations. There's a lot of different things that you can do, but that, uh, that cleansing breath is, is what I've seen to be the most effective for people that are just like, I don't know what to do. I want to meditate, but I just don't know how. Right. right. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Thank you. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, on your website, you guys have a, a statement, um, which I think is really cool. It says, um, you know, you are confined only by the walls that you build for yourself. So we're going to kind of go down this rabbit hole a little bit deeper that you mentioned earlier. How does getting into a sensory deprivation tank, you know, something that is small, confined, dark, you know, <laughs> could induce claustrophobia if one was inclined. Um, how, how is that going to help somebody remove those walls? Well, we, um, ooh, let's get, let's, let's get to it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we uh, live in, we live in a, in a holographic universe where the things that are manifested, the, the physical things that, that we're surround us, surrounded by, are are creation created by us um the sort of consensus reality this is a water bottle i'm drinking of i'm wearing a shirt um these are all um these are all things that we've created for ourselves and um how you see yourself on a, on a larger level is created by you and the reality that you create for yourself um who you've chosen as a partner what you do for a career um what religious views you have um, your views on yourself and reality and consciousness, these are all, these are all um, basically constructs and boundaries that we've, that we've created. And anytime that you're able to get into a float tank, which is confined, um, you know as well as I do that as soon as you relax, it feels huge in there. It feels really expansive. Yeah. It doesn't feel like you're in a, in a, in a, in a pod. It feels like you're just sort of a baby floating in outer space. 
I believe that that is because that is a it is a direct mirror image of consciousness. Consciousness is infinite. We are infinite creatures. We have lived lives before, and we will continue to live lives in the in in, um, in the future. And it's a sort of cyclical nature of this thing, and it just keeps going and going and going and going and expanding. And um, when you get a sense of that, because you're relaxed, because the environment is perfectly suited for you to experience the infinitudes of consciousness that just reside within your own consciousness, whether it be in your pineal gland or, you know, part of a collective unconscious, um, you break that boundary down. You start, you start stripping away all of these things that you just sort of thought of as a given, you know, I'm going to be sore tomorrow. Well, you don't have to be. I'm going to be cranky. I've got this thing I've got to deal with. Well, I mean, looking at it from a different perspective without being inundated by stimuli and, you know, alerts on your phone every day, all day, you start to like change your reality a little bit and you wanted to go down the rabbit hole. We'll keep going. (laughs) That's what we're here (laughs) Um, to do, man. Go for it. (laughs) Um, I, I believe that, um, I believe in sort of a mind before matter view of, of the universe. You know, anything that, that exists was an idea before. Humanity, Gaia, we were, it was all a concept. And anything that you do, anything that you create was all a thought. It's before anything was – the theory of relativity was, was an idea. Um, a desk was a thought before somebody decided to make a desk. You know, like these things that you do creatively, these things that you do in your life, um, they're all – they're all concepts before, and when you think in a broader way, when you break down the boundaries of these these, um, when you you know, Terence McKenna speaks a lot about boundary dissolution, and whether it's the use of entheogens or psychedelics or meditation or flow tanks, you're you're dissolving those boundaries that are keeping you in living as sort of like an autonomic robot in this you know, Skype world where we're you know, <laughs> talking across the country, you know. Right. Like, that's that's an important part of um, of it's we have to ask these questions we have to we have to we have to push the boundaries to ourselves and if we don't have any boundaries and um, we can look at ourselves and choose our paths in a broader sense then man the universe rewards you with all sorts of cool stuff that's what I think that's a very cool answer very cool um, all right so another thing on you guys website entering theta state. So I love flow. I, I'm, I love hacking it. I, I love chasing it. I know a lot of our listeners do too. Um, talk about how we could use floating to, to kind of enter theta state and, you know, how that works, what you guys are. I know you said that you, you don't want to coach or, or bias a floater until they've gotten a certain number of floats under their belt, but let's assume somebody has. How would we do that? Yeah, well, I mean, you if you relax in a float tank, you're bound to have a higher, a higher uh, occurrence and a longer duration of these theta brainwave states. And for those, the best way to describe that, that state is for the listeners is, you know, when you're sort of, when you're falling asleep, but you're not quite asleep, you're sort of halfway between and you, maybe you'll have like a little mini dream. that's not really a dream. And then you like step off of a curb and you're like, wow, (laughs) like, you were sort of tapping into that data state where things are really vivid and really clear and feel really real. Um, they are real. 
they're just real in a different way. And when you relax uh, and you're in that, in that state, the, those theta brainwave states occur more and more. And um, I'm not a neuroscientist. I mean, I, I'm a float dork, but I'm, I'm not a neuroscientist. <laughs> but I know, at least for myself as well, like you're creating new connections. Your, your, your neurons um, are, are changing. So every time that you meditate, every time that you float, you're actually evolving a little bit. You're, you're, you're enhancing your ability to get into that flow state. And um, it's effortless. You know, you probably have, you know, we're probably in flow state right now, just, you know, novelty, um, fast thinking, um, being put on the spot. And then you fall into this, into this place where you're just cooking, you know, like you're not even having to work that far. It's like just sort of like flowing through you. And the more you work at it, the more you meditate, the more you float, you strengthen your ability. Um, I'm not a neuroscientist. I mean, I, I'm a float dork, but I'm, I'm not a neuroscientist, <laughs> but I know at least for myself as well, like you're creating new connections. Your, your, your neurons, um, are, are changing. So every time that you meditate, every time that you float, you're actually evolving a little bit. You're, you're, you're enhancing your ability to get into that flow state and, um, it's effortless. You know, you probably have, you know, we're probably in flow state right now, just, you know, novelty, um, fast thinking, um, being put on the spot. And then you fall into this, into this place where you're just cooking, you know, like you're not even having to work that far. It's like just sort of like flowing through you. And the more you work at it, the more you meditate, the more you float, you strengthen your ability to do that. Cool. Cool. Um, so if somebody was going to say do something where where they wanted the the creative process or you know I know like Joe Rogan talks a lot about floating to help creative process or you know your guy Eric who was the day trader to to float and then hit the market with a a kind of heightened state if somebody wanted to to try to hack that what what would their intent be as they entered a float tank well, you, or, intent intent is a big thing, and and for those people that that uh, that I do sort of coach and give give enhanced tips for, um, I ask them to set an intention. You know, you're here for a reason. What do you What are you looking for? Um, setting an intention, and um, more specifically, saying that intention out loud, verbalizing it, rather than like, oh, I want to, you know, thinking to yourself, man, I'd really like to figure out how to um, work smarter. You know, how do I work smarter thinking in your head? It's a little different than showering. You know, you're in the shower getting ready to get into the float tank. And then you say, I'm floating today for insights into working smarter. How do I work smarter? Like that's a lot different because you're, it's embarrassing because you're talking to yourself. (laughs) But also like sending that out into the cosmos, sending that out into the universe, you're going to get something back. And if it's just a, a slight idea now or, or you go deep when you're in the tank, you can kind of forget about it when you're in there because you're going to get in the tank and your brain is going to go where it needs to go. You're going to get exactly what you need when you float every time. And if that's memories of your childhood or that's like, hey, this person is a poison in your life. You need to kind of start stepping away from them. Like whatever you get, you're going to get. But your subconscious 
um, remembers that you've set an intention and it sort of subconsciously goes to work on it. So that's one way. The other way is just to relax. The other way is to concentrate on your breath because your, your divine higher self knows what it needs, but it's just distracted by BS all day, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, I was nodding my head. Your, your first part to that answer uh, where you said every time you float, you get exactly what you need. I think that's so well said because just like you're getting into there, it's the sensory deprivation part. It's, it's removing all of the, the noise and the chaos from daily life so that you can get in touch with what's going on in your subconscious, all the stuff that, not that we consciously repress it, some of it we do, but it it allows what's going on in your head to kind of come to the forefront. And like you said, you, you get what exactly what you need out of every float. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's the beautiful thing. You don't have to work that hard at it. You just got to chill out, yeah. you know, find a way to relax and, and it, what, what, what needs to happen will happen. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Sean, we're going to get, we're getting close to wrapping this up. So, um, Already? I know, I know. Um, before we, uh, let you go, we have um, one question that all of our guests answer. We want your three best tips for our listeners to perform at the highest level. Um, it can it get broad or specific or you can for be, floating or for you can, whatever? You can go wherever you want with it. Let's, let's just say you are, you're talking to our listeners and you can give them three pieces of advice on living their greatest life. What would you want, yeah. what would you want them to know? Um, I think the first thing that I would say is breathe. Well, breath is the start of everything, you know, um, before you can focus on a task, before you can reply to a question, <laughs> before you can, um, um, do anything constructive, you have to breathe. Like everything starts from breath. Breath is the, is the catalyst. And if you're breathing, uh, properly and you're breathing deeply and you're, you're, um, allowing your body to be rejuvenated by that breath, you're going to be a lot better off than if you're kind of like not focusing on it or panting slowly. I mean, and I, th I think whatever breath you're doing, um, it's, it's, it, everything starts there. So remember to breathe. <clears throat> There's lots of different resources you can find for, for effective breath work, you know, sort of dabbled a little bit into what's called holotropic breath work. If you're familiar with that. No, what is that? It's basically, um, um, ecstatic states, ecstatic breath work. Um, it's a shamanic practice that involves basically um, hyperventilating and reaching um, altered states of consciousness in that way. But um, the breath is, is hugely powerful. You don't need anything else other than your lungs to, to really get you where you want to go. Um, the, um, the, another thing uh, that I would say is um, eat, Leafy greens. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, the Joe Rogan podcast, you know, Joe talks about the kale shakes and honestly, I do them every day now and I feel more alive and I feel more, uh, proficient at just being a better person when I have leafy greens in my body. Like I still really like pizza and I still <laughs> really like IPA. Like I really like those things, but, but. I also have to drink kale shakes just to sort of even my things out. Like it's really made a, it's, it's really made a huge difference in the way that my body functions. Okay. Um, 
the the third thing that I would say is um, follow your gut. You know, that's it's a cliche, but your your first inclination is is pretty much your right inclination. You know, um, I followed my gut. Um, it took me a couple of years after my first float, but I thought, you know, like that changed my path after I had that float in that dude's basement. Like I, five, six years later, um, opened a float center, but my, there's something in my gut that said, this is powerful. This is meaningful. This is, this is something very big. And, um, whether it's relationship choices, career choices, like if you're not happy in your job, get out of there, like change change things like you have control over it follow your gut because your gut is is uh your higher self saying hey whoa look at that that's a good thing hey whoa that's not a good thing you know so breathe kettle shakes follow your gut i was not i listened to the uh yeah i was not expecting to say those (laughs) (laughs) no um but i really like that last one the the follow your gut and i think i just want to kind of expand on that a little bit and and the more that we practice living intentionally, being mindful, meditating, floating. I think the more you can be in touch with your gut. And and as you said, that is your higher self. And it's, you know, you're getting that message or that signal for a reason. And the more you can start to tune into that, uh, you know, the, the better. Intuitive, man. All right. All right. Well, so Sean, where can people find you? I know we mentioned it earlier, how to start a float center.com. Uh, yeah. Float Seattle, Float Bellevue. Anything else you want to add? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously we're on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Twitter's at Float Seattle, um, at, C- at Float Seattle on Instagram. Um, you know, if anybody has any questions on floating in general, if they're floating um, in their hometown and maybe not getting the sort of direction or guidance that they are looking for, you can email me. It's Sean S E A N at floatseattle.com. Um, hit me up. I'm I. I, I think that this is the most powerful tool in self-evolution there ever was. It's so strong. It's so it's such a powerful practice that um, I'm I'm I'll drop everything to talk to somebody about it because I think it's so cool. So yeah, um, float Seattle, floatseattle.com, uh, floatbellevue.com. And uh, if you're ever, if anybody's ever up in the Northwest, just hit us up, come check us out. If you're listening and you're not in front of a computer or in a place where you can write this down, don't worry, go to optimalperformance.com, check out the show notes. Not only will we have these listed, but they'll actually be linked. So you can just click on them and go right to um, those social media links, websites, email, whatever it is that you want to get in touch with Sean or follow these guys. Um, Those will be in the show notes at optimalperformance.com. Sean. Thanks a lot, man. This was awesome. I had a blast. I hope our listeners enjoyed it. And uh, we're definitely going to be talking to you again sometime soon. Thanks, man. It's my pleasure. You were looking for a way to change your life. You got it. You've been listening to Optimal Performance Podcast. Remember, you can find show notes for every episode along with video version at optimalperformance.com. And also remember, Optimal Performance Podcast loves your five-star ratings. So head on over to iTunes, show us some five-star love. And not only will we read those reviews on the show, but you will be entered into a raffle to win some free Natural Stacks goodies. See you next Thursday.